Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Candy Corn's favorite football podcast. Oh! That's right. I'm joined once again, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Thiessen. How's it going, Joe? It's going splendid. Very good. Fantastic. Yeah, Candy Corn. I've seen a lot of debate lately on the internet, and everybody is just okay. so rude to Candy Corn. And honestly, I don't think candy corn even tastes that good. It doesn't taste good, really. But people act like it is the worst thing in the whole world. It's fine. I actually like it. Yeah, that really. I so actually like like it. You prefer it. Yeah. Like you would go out of your out of your. Well, way. okay, no, not necessarily. I'm not. I would not go out of my way. I would never. I would never buy candy corn. Yeah. But if there's candy corn, if say if we we're at a party. Yeah. And there's a bowl of candy corn there, I would take four. Yeah, I would take four or five. Probably even more. Honestly, yeah, like it's it's a, it's if it's there and I'm chilling, I'll just take some candy. Corn. Yeah, like I'll just snack on it. But it's, it's not yeah. gross. I wouldn't go out and buy. It. I would never go out and buy it myself. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think. But if other people want to do that, that's fine. I'll take off of them. Yeah, I'll take from them. Like, but I'll, I do like it though. Yeah, the candy corn. Slander, it's too much, honestly. It's too much. There's far worse candies, I think, that we can slander. Candy corn's Oh, fine. my goodness. Let's leave it alone. Yeah, there are a lot of candies. Like? Um, Swedish berries, those they are- Those are delicious. The worst. Okay, you're wrong. They're bad. They're just bad candy. Okay. I the moment I put, The moment I eat one of them, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like, from a, from a sugar headache, that's what it feels like. A lot of that is just with any candies for me. I feel like, um, as I've gotten older, I've just candy. I love, like, we were just eating these, um, what are they, cherry sours? Yeah. We have some in our studio here, some cherry sours, and so good, make you feel so bad. I already, yeah, my stomach is already upset. I counted. I had six of them, and I, my throat feels weird, yeah. and, you know, the oh. older I get, the more I'm like, I could never go trick-or-treating. Yeah. I could never, like... It would take me so long to eat all that candy that I would get. Yeah. You know, well, chocolate's a different story. I'm a kind of a big chocolate chocolate See, I'm guy. I'm not at all. I don't like chocolate. You're just you're not like you're not into sweets, I guess. I don't like chocolate candy. I would prefer chocolate. I would prefer candy over chocolate. I don't like chocolate. And if like if we're gonna have an ice cream, I'd rather have like a vanilla than a chocolate. I really? Just, I'm not a big chocolate really? guy. I don't like the taste of chocolate. Yeah. That is, wow. I don't. No, you can you can have your own opinion, but I'm just saying like that is interesting. Yeah. Like so, if you were gonna go out and they had either, like if you're gonna go get a milkshake, you would r- rather get a strawberry or a, a vanilla milkshake rather than a chocolate milkshake. Yes. Wow. I would almost never ever, probably never choose a chocolate milkshake. If there's like the three options, the vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, I would probably I will probably go the rest of my life without choosing chocolate milkshake. Yikes, man. I don't like just, I don't, it's not even gross to me, but it's just like, like if I, if somebody get, is like, here, here's a free chocolate milkshake, I'd be like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Like I'll drink it. Like, and you would, you would, I would drink it really. Just never prefer it. Really? I just don't like the taste of chocolate. just doesn't do it for me. So that's kind of the same thing the way I think about candy corn. I wouldn't buy it, but I'll, if somebody has it, I'll drink it. Yeah. Okay. I guess maybe candy corn is, but if there's, but, but if there's other things. Like if there was candy corn there, and then there was say um beef jerky, yeah, you know, let's say that beef jerky or pretzels even, yeah, pretzels. I would, I would, I would probably do pretzels, grab the pretzels. Yeah. yeah, I would probably do the pretzels as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, this is the Average Joe Football Show. We talk football, among other things. We're going to talk football later. We're going to bring in Mike to the podcast. Um, But right now, it's just me and producer Joe, a couple of Joes talking non-football-related stuff. Um, Halloween was this weekend. And, uh, That's when, when my baby was supposed to be born. Yeah, your baby was supposed to be born. Um, and um, But he's already been born for a, for a minute now. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of a, a Halloween shindig this weekend. We did. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that yeah. already. It was a good time. That was awesome. I dressed up. My, my, my wife and I dressed up as Mario and Princess Peach. Uh, I dyed my mustache dark. I thought it was a good look. I instantly, I instantly wished he hadn't done that. When yeah. I walked in, I was like, oh, that's bad. I think you were jealous of it. No. I think you didn't realize how much of a mustache I had. And then you saw it? Well, the, day, the next day when you took all the mascara off, then I was like, yeah. I was like oh, you have more of a mustache than I it's thought. It's fuller than you think. Yeah. Yeah. And but I it's think just you're so jealous a bit. That I just never see it. Yeah. But now you see it probably pretty pretty good. Right? Yeah, yeah, I always am looking at it. Yeah. What about mine? Yeah, yours looks... Um, anyways, a uh, lot of people still doing blackface on Halloween. Is that right? Do people yeah. still do that? I saw it on Twitter. Wow. Uh, people are getting mad. As, and I just... A, they got to do it as a joke. Like as, no. a, as like a really intense joke, I don't right? think so. Of the posts that I saw, people wow. just seem people unaware. People still don't know? I don't understand how you don't know. Wow. And to me, I tweeted this. I thought it was a good tweet. I said, I like to hype up my own tweets before I say them. Nice. Um, I thought this one was actually like a really good one. I thought long and hard about it. I uh, I said, it's crazy how how easy it is to not do blackface for Halloween. I know. <laughs> like, it's really easy to not do it. Even if you're playing a character of a different color. Like, yeah. you can do, you know, there's not, Yeah. I don't know. But is it wrong to do like an Aladdin thing? Like if you just well, have a Aladdin, I think that's up for debate. The whole cultural appropriation thing is, I think, is a whole nother debate. Can of worms you don't want to open? No, definitely not on this <laughs> podcast. But I'm just saying, not, like not tonight, I, I just, uh, I just thought, like, like the whole blackface thing. Like you have to go out of your way to do blackface. Yeah. Like it's a, it's work. Yeah. So it's like not. It's not like something where like. Oh, I accidentally did something offensive. It's like you had to, you had to. You did the whole paint your thing. skin. Yeah, that's a lot of work, and yep. people are still doing it. And these are these are people that are posting this on social media, so that you, they know that this is something that they shouldn't do. I just cannot even believe this is still a thing that Crazy. people are doing. Don't do it. You know. Yeah, I know somebody who did blackface for Halloween when they were a kid. Mm. Um, there, this person like dressed their kid up like this. This okay. was, it was years ago. Yeah. I was a little kid as well. So, like... Yeah. It was people, and we, I feel like we've gone somewhere as a society since then. Yeah. You know? It's 2007, you know? Yeah, even then, that's not that long ago. Well, know? yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. But, yeah, I just I, that's just what I thought of, like, the whole blackface thing. Like, it's so easy to not do it. There's yeah. so many costumes you know, that you Our can prime do. minister did it. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh... I think that's it. Just him. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Basically, anybody in a position of power or influence has probably did somehow blackface. done blackface. Somehow. I just don't understand. It must have been very popular back in the days to yeah. do blackface. Like, I'm not trying to cancel anybody or anything or like make it like, I'm, this is not, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just, I, it's just baffling to me how 
I've never even been close to doing black. Yeah, I've never even considered that. Yeah, it's, I've never even thought about it. It's never something that I was like, oh, maybe if I it would make this costume good if I would paint my face yeah. darker. Do you think it's because you and I didn't really participate in Halloween growing up? Maybe. Maybe. But, that, I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot of costume opportunities I think if, for me. If you want to be a black character for Halloween and you're white, maybe it's be somebody else for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Maybe stay within your or, range. Yeah. Or just don't do the face. Just don't do the face. Yeah, painting. don't do the face. Like, at minimum, you know, just like... yeah. Stay away from that. There are so many costumes that are just, I don't know. I was going to say, look, look, if you want something easy, you know, there's so many costumes that are easy. But it's like people are doing blackface. It's not even doing it because it's easy. It's like that's a lot of work. So I yeah. don't know. I would like to get inside the psyche of these people and kind of just know what they're. What was their thought process yeah. going into the, into the painting of their faces? Yeah. I don't know if some of them are just oblivious or like, I don't know. If I feel like if you're oblivious, then like that's insane to me. Like, yeah. How can you? How can you not? How can you not have seen that at some yeah. point? Especially if you post it on social media. Are you only going on social media and posting things you're never looking on there? Because you would have to only be on there for a bit to find out that blackface yeah. is not a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Like I don't know. Speaking of face paint, uh, grown men who paint their faces for football games. I think it's kind of sad. Oh, people do more than their face, man. Yeah. But but I do, I see, especially, oh, it's so funny. I, sometimes when we watch football at your place and I see somebody who has their whole entire face painted and their team is losing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, man, you must feel like an absolute idiot. Oh, 100%. I just, like, every time I see somebody with their face painted, I imagine, what if your team loses? You know, you have to go yeah, home. And you have to cry that paint off. <laughs> you have to look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. What am I what am I doing? It's oh, like man. for the most part, I think some people take I mean a lot of people, including myself, take sports far too seriously. When it comes down to it, it's a game, it's a child's game that people get paid for. But like, I mean, the guys who paint their faces, I already feel weirded out wearing a jersey sometimes because it's like I'm wearing a jersey of another grown man, and that feels weird. But then there are some people who like wear a jersey of another grown man that's younger than them. Uh, have face paint on, yeah, and then you name like your child after a football player that's yeah. again younger than you are. Yeah, it's like this is weird, dude. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grown men, some of them at these football games. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being elitist. They paint their babies and stuff, and yeah, don't paint. Your I've baby. never seen somebody paint their baby. I just I feel like that's probably happened. <laughs> it probably has at some yeah. point. Don't paint, and your that baby. is child abuse. Yeah, that cannot is. do that. I will call the. CRA on you. CRA, Canada Revenue Agency. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna they're gonna audit you. Yep. Right. Don't do that to your kids. Also, were you filing your taxes properly? Yeah. Which I think is ridiculous that we have to do ourselves. Yeah. Honestly, taxes? are you kidding me? The government knows how much you owe them. Yeah. But they won't tell you. Yeah. You, you figured have to out. Figure it out. And now we're gonna and we'll know if you're lying. Yeah. Why didn't so, you tell me? Yeah. Send me an email. This is how much you owe us. Okay. Yep. Yep. And you All could right. say anything. I wouldn't question it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could say any amount of money. Like, oh, I'd be like, oh, shucks. wow. Taxes this year, eh? Taxes are up this year, huh? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I would have. I would be none the wiser. But gas, though. But gas, is it up? Yeah, it it's up. up. It's, it's been up. High. Like, yeah. Um, you know how many times I check the gas price when I go to fill in gas? Not very many times. I do it all the time. Really? But not not. Like, what am I going to do, not buy gas? 
Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I always look just so I can complain about it. No, yeah, me but too. I, it is I, very high right now, but I, I will say. But I like, I, I don't look at it and go, oh, maybe I'll just feel a little bit less this time. Like, no. I'm always going to fill my tank. Yeah. I'm just going to complain about it more. Exactly. Like, what am I going to, I'm not, I'm not going to just not get gas. Exactly. Yeah. What am I going to do? Not, not drive? <laughs> yeah. I have to. Yeah. It's like the, it's, and that's where they get us, I yeah. think, every time is that we have to drive. Yeah. Well, so. 100%. And it's the same thing Shoot. with, with, advertisements for toilet paper what am i gonna do not what not buy toilet paper why are you advertising to me you know it's like that doesn't seem like it needs to be yeah. advertised what am i gonna for? do like buy a bidet yeah who's not buying you think even if you have a bidet you need toilet paper do you not you need to dry well some of them have a <laughs> oh, like a jet <laughs> like, really a Dyson, like a dyson jet oh like wow. one of those things that you put your hands in like a razor blade no like, i got it <laughs> yeah no i got it you don't need to explain it for by Just the way in between your crack perfectly hand dryers perfectly. hate them a lot they're bad hate them so much every place should just have paper towel uh-huh 100 percent. i don't care about the planet and that's no. <laughs> no. let's there's other ways we can fix it you make paper towel out of something else than trees i guess yeah. i don't know figure, I don't, figure it out you think that we you know we could recycle it right at yeah. this point it's just hand dryers are so loud, so obnoxious. They barely dry your hands. You have to stand there forever for them to dry your hands. Anytime there's a hand dryer and there's no paper towel, I will dry my hands on my pants. Really? Yeah. See, I don't do that because like, then it looks like I maybe like missed. No, was, I do like, a thing where I wash. Up. I do the wash, flick the hands. Yeah. Make you know, flick them on the ground because this is a. Gross. Oh, do you do behind the knees? And then I yeah, I do like on the sides or like okay. behind the leg. Okay. I don't do it in the front where it would look like Usually I. Usually I just kind of like. My, yeah, you do exclusively crotch. Yeah. When you wipe your hands off. So. so. That's the problem, I think. Oh well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I should start doing like behind the knees or something. Yeah. Or like maybe on my bum. Take your shoes on your. <laughs> yeah. Take your shoes off and do your socks. Yeah. Drive with your socks. My sweaty feet. Yeah. Disgusting. I hate hand dryers. Yeah, I will. I will dry my hands on my pants. Also, paper it. straws. Am Honestly, I right? There's got to be a better way, guys. Yeah, silicone even. I, don't I think know. we've actually talked about this on the podcast. Probably before. the paper straws thing. Just real quick, we'll, we'll bring it up again. <laughs> Understandable. Listen, I'm all about saving the turtles. I watched that video of the lady pulling the straw out of the turtle's nose. I didn't even know that I was watched, a video. I watched a long Smarter Every Day video on sea turtles. I love sea turtles, mm -hmm. man. They're awesome. Who doesn't? But but paper straws are not the best way to do it. I don't no, think there's gotta be a better way. Hand it's... out like cheap glass straws <laughs> every time. I think I don't know. Let's well, like when you wanna when you wanna fix something, start off with something that works. Paper yeah. straws don't work. They get yeah. soggy and they fall apart. Yeah, I don't. Like I'm a sipper. I'm a slow sipper. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna just chug my entire thing. Exactly. So well, so you know, often I'm I'm sitting there and it's like a half hour later. And I'm like, oh what. Yeah. And, and I that, and I drink in part of my straw. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No. Fix find a better way. Even like the Oreo cookie straws would be better, you know what I, I mean? I was yeah, I've been thinking <laughs> about the Oreo cookie straws. That would be yeah. I would be okay with that. Mm, like licorice, you know, when licorice, you like bite yeah. the end off. <laughs> Literally every straw you would give is just a licorice that's had two bites taken. <laughs> yeah. A Twizzler. The the person serving <laughs> yourself. All right. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right, have a good day. Yeah. And you pull up to the parking spot because your order's not ready. Yeah. And they have to do it in the parking lot. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> on the way out, you see them biting your Twizzler. Anyways. Uh, oh, my goodness. You know? I'm just saying, man, I'm just so sore. Yeah. Oh, We're yeah. We're not going to talk about yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, Joe and I played in a flag football tournament. Yeah. And we're both... We're the average Joe football team. Yeah, we were, the, we were a team that was... 
uh, co-sponsored by the company that we work at mm-hmm. and a little partnership going and on the average joe football show contracts are and being made we placed third so yeah. we didn't do you know great but we did better than i bad. thought honestly we did pretty good but i was proud of us i've been off for a week and a half from work almost two weeks and doing absolutely nothing and just getting free meals i don't even have to cook and and then I played a football tournament. Yeah, no. So my whole body is just, I feel like I got hit by a train. <laughs> like, I feel like garbage. Yeah, we're sore today. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. I think this tournament really made me realize how old I'm getting. Yep, 100%. It's like, happening fast. My, check this out. I say pull my leg up. Joe is pulling his leg up. He just took his sock off. And what, what are you showing me? My there? bruised toe. Okay. Can you even see it from there? Not even a little bit. What? No. The lighting it's too dark in here. You don't have to you don't have to shine your flashlight on it. Well, well how did you bruise your toe? Oh yeah, you dropped the table on it or No, something. no, no, no. My shoes were t- three sizes too big. Mm. I'm a size 10 10 10 and a half and I was wearing size 13 soccer boots. That's a lot bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So it just was not comfortable. And you want to say, Joe, you scored the very first touchdown of the tournament. I did. It was a nice, good pick and roll. We kind of went pick up for it, button hooked, button hooked, and then did a straight jet right for the yeah. quarter zone or the end zone. The quarter zone, the quarter zone. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a good tournament. I scored a couple touchdowns, got a couple interceptions, uh, hurt myself, and Joe, you, Joe, you played really well. I was really impressed by you. I was gassed after the <laughs> second game. <laughs> you were gassed after that first touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> first touchdown. I was like. Ooh, that's ooh, all no, you guys no, no. get from me. Yeah. I'm, I'm we also, at one point, him. me and you tried to do a handoff. And I fell. You stripped and we fumbled the ball. Yeah. And it was a dead ball right where we fumbled it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. It was a disaster. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. I was wearing running shoes, not cleats. And it was in the, it was in like midday and it had just been raining. It was so wet. I was slipping and sliding yep. everywhere. Yeah, he ran right into the handoff. I feel like I can take some of the blame for it as well. It wasn't just you. Also, I, I ran in front of you. Yeah, it was a, the whole thing was a mess. I didn't know that I had to run behind you for one of those. Yeah, the handoff usually starts from behind, yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Ugh, and that's I fine. didn't know. Yeah, and that's fine. I didn't know. That's fine. Maybe if you'd listen a little bit more to the podcast, you'd get things like that. You never talk about that. Handoffs? Yeah. The logistics of handoffs? You never said anything Maybe about we it. do. Maybe we will. I still don't know what a seed is. A seed? Seed. Like the number one seed? Yeah. What the heck? It means I don't, the... I, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just don't enough. know. I think I have explained it to you. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> okay. I think this is good. Right? All right. I think we're good here. I think we're fine. Okay. Let's recap real quick. The intro so far. Um, we've said candy corn. Ooh, yep. Fine. Started that, eh? Fine. Candy corn, fine. Um, blackface, not okay. Not, not fine. Not fine. Don't do it. Yep. Um, face pain at football games if you're an adult grown man. Not fine. Don't do it. You're Fine weird. if you're like a little kid and your yeah. hero is maybe a Tom Brady or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good, but. That should be that. Yeah, but yeah. if you're 40. Maybe be an adult. Yeah. It's the same reason that I don't like to wear very much Dolphins gear because their colors are very obnoxious. And I feel like I look like a weirdo. I like their colors, though. Yeah, but they're a little bit out. They're a little really in your face. They're very bright. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And then we talked about paper straws. We yeah. gotta, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. Um, and then football tournament, we're both very sore. Yeah. Overall, I'm more sore. Well, 
I did more running. You were quarterback. I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, I was quarterback. I, I was quite. I didn't play exclusively quarterback, but at the end of the game, I was very tired, and I was like, I'll just handle quarterback. Yeah. And can't believe I did that. score a few more touchdowns than you, so I will say that. You know, that's maybe why I was a little bit more tired. Yeah. And I had, you know, I mm. just felt like I was really out there. Okay. I'll put it yeah. all on the line. Um, But speaking of touchdowns, why don't we There bring... were so many scored yeah, this, this weekend. Week, yeah, so yeah, I'll, stay hand- tu- stay yeah, I'll tuned. handle it. Stay tuned for all the good. I'll handle it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll, ta- I'll take it from here. Thanks. Thanks, Joe, for everything that you do. And why don't we bring in Mike for the real football talk? All right, it's been a crazy season in the NFL, and we talk about every week, I feel like, how it's been crazy, and every week's been different. Every week feel, feels like it's had a different theme. I think if there's a theme for this week, it was very obviously backup quarterbacks in week eight of the NFL season. We'll get into that later, Mike. But how crazy was uh, week eight in the NFL, 2021 NFL season? Joe, I don't think it was crazy at all because the things we've seen this year, I honestly expected it to be one of those weeks again, <laughs> to be honest. Um, at this point, it's like we, we, we've seen it all. We've yeah. seen, you know, quarterbacks get hurt, backup quarterbacks come in and steal the show. We've seen teams that look dominant just get trashed. And so, yeah, I'm honestly not surprised by almost anything anymore. So, you know, for next week, week nine, I already know that there's going to be like, uh, I think the Lions will probably get their first win, um, <laughs> to be honest. You know, there's a lot of things that just expect the unexpected. It's that simple in the NFL nowadays. It's kind of fun to watch, though. Oh, 100%. It's been, this has been one of the more fun seasons of, of NFL football that I can remember in recent memory. And I, uh, this Sunday, I, I actually, full disclosure, I was playing in a, a flag football tournament during the, the afternoon game, so I had to play a lot of catch-up, but when I came back from that flag football tournament, I was tired and sore. But I I log on to I log on to Twitter and, and I and I check the NFL scores and I felt like I don't know if you've ever seen that GIF. It's from the show Community. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. But there's a there's a there's Troy Barnes. He's a character in that show and he walks into his apartment and he's holding pizza. And he walks into the apartment and there's like a fire on the ground and there's like pure chaos. And he's like happy, but then he looks around. And he's like, what's going on? That's how I felt when I when I logged onto Twitter and I saw how the NFL world was just on fire. And I missed all of it because I was playing in a flag football tournament. It was it was chaos to come back to. Yeah, no, like yeah, I, if you missed yesterday, then, you, you you know, some people might be like, oh, you know, I'll check the score or highlights, whatever. No, like you had to pay attention yesterday, like. So much happened. It was nuts. I mean, if we want to get into it right away, we can. Um, uh, what Which game should we get into first, Joe? Which game are you feeling like? Actually, uh, oh, you know what? I just remembered something. Before we get into games, I do want to talk a quick oh. bit of news um, from the NFL. We had two big news items and uh, another uh, peek behind the curtain. We are recording this, as we always do, on Monday. Um, and the trade deadline is actually tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and that kind of you know, puts us in a tough place because there could be more breaking news. There probably will be some trades involved. Potentially maybe Deshaun Watson gets traded, although I don't know. I don't feel at this point like it will happen. That's just my vibe. But I think there will be some trades. So if, if you don't hear us talk about the trades, that's why. But we did have a couple of, uh, couple of big 
news items happen here. Before we get into the games, why don't we just talk about it? First up, uh, injury news, really devastating injury news. Derrick Henry, the running back for the Tennessee Titans, uh, suffered a broken foot in this Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts in a victory over the Indi- Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he uh, is actually getting surgery. Head coach Mike Vrabel confirmed this morning uh, on Monday morning that he will undergo surgery and he will be out around a six to ten week timetable. But most people are reporting that it's most likely a season ending injury. So just a devastating, devastating setback for the Tennessee Titans, especially coming off what was their biggest, really one of their biggest wins of the season. And they've had a plethora of really big wins. They're now, uh, you know, their top. I think they're the number one seed in the AFC at this point, but a huge, huge blow to the Titans losing Derrick Henry potentially for the season. Yeah, Joe, it was quite the, uh, quite the sad news, um, especially to like one, not, not even just for their team, but one of the big players in the NFL. Like you think of the NFL right now, a lot of people think Patrick Mahomes, um, but Derrick Henry's right up there with him and Lamar and some of the younger players. And he's so fun to watch. So it, it does truly suck. Um, for the Titans and the NFL losing Derrick Henry. But, Joe, I mean, as sad as it is, we do get to see the return of once what was once uh, a dominant rushing leader, and that's Adrian Peterson, as that's I right. believe the Titans signed or are going to sign Adrian Peterson. So um, we'll have to see how that pans out. I will say um, I like to be a positive light sometimes, and I think this is a really good opportunity for the Titans to become more... Uh, more balanced. Um, I believe that without Derrick Henry, it might open up some opportunities for Ryan Tannehill to start throwing the ball some more to where, you know, maybe next season um, when Derrick Henry is back fully healthy, that they'll be able to be one, a dominant run team and two, maybe a pretty dominant passing team with all the weapons that he has. So, I mean, a lot of people I know are already counting the Titans out. I think this is a good chance for them to show that Ryan Tannehill can throw the football. He's not just a game manager. And, you know, I'm excited to see what the team does do. And I think that they're still going to make the playoffs and, and they could still do some damage. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's few t- a few players in the NFL that I think are as valuable to their team as Derrick Henry is. I think Russell Wilson comes to mind and most quarterbacks. But outside of the quarterback position, Derrick Henry might be the most valuable player to um, any team in the NFL. He makes up such a big part of that offense. And I think what you said was was very right that, you know, the, the Titans have an opportunity now to, you know, the, the expand their offense. They're being forced to expand the offense. And you talked about Adrian Peterson. They are bringing in Adrian Peterson. Uh, he has signed with the team's practice squad. Um, he is expected to sign uh, with the active roster eventually as well. So that uh, adds, adds something to the running game. But obviously... Adrian Peterson at whatever he is, 34 years old, whatever he is, is no Derrick Henry and a devastating loss. But I am curious to see if that offensive, uh, you know, passing attack does take a step forward. You know, they went out and they got Julio Jones in the offseason. He's just struggled with a lot of injuries like we've seen lately from Julio Jones the past few seasons. Can he stay healthy? Can Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, cut the interceptions down? Because I think that's something he struggled with quite a bit this season is 
just some really back-breaking turnovers, and I think this will be an opportunity for Ryan Tannehill to step up and, and you know earn that contract, that big contract extension that they gave him uh, before not before this last season. I believe it was before this last season. They gave him the, the big contract extension. It's time for him to earn his money. It's time for him to take the next step and show that, hey, this offense is not just Derrick Henry. You know, I'm a pretty good quarterback. A.J. Brown's a pretty good receiver. Uh, Julio Jones is a pretty good receiver as well. And, you know, we can still win some games. And, and we'll talk about later their, their game against the Colts and how they've, they've basically locked up the AFC South. So I think they will be a playoff team as well. But I think it's going to be a lot harder without Derrick Henry in the backfield. But why don't we move on to the next piece of news? And then we talked about the trade deadline, and we had our first blockbuster trade in the NFL, uh, and it was Vaughn Miller being traded to the Los Angeles Rams for a second-round pick and a third-round pick in 2022. Uh, Mike, what was your immediate reaction to the news of Vaughn Miller being traded to the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, first off, it was actually kind of funny how it occurred. So I'm sitting in my office. All of a sudden, I hear my phone vibrate, and I just hear, Hey, Michael, did you see the trade that just happened? So I look <laughs> at my phone, and I see you text me, Vaughn Miller got traded to the Rams. I was like, whoa. So I look it up, and I'm like, oh, like, okay, first reaction is I had no reaction. I just I couldn't think straight because I'm like, whoa. That's uh, I kind of was hoping for the league to pull a, a Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant trade uh, <laughs> that the NBA, you know, tried to make a couple years ago, where the, actually the NBA uh, declined the Lakers uh, to trade for Chris Paul because it was like too dominant. It, it would make the team or the roster too dominant or something like that. So I was kind of hoping there'd be some of that in there, but of course not. <laughs> That's not how it works. But yeah, no, uh, the Von Miller going to the Rams. That is that is scary for any defense. And just like we were talking about. The Rams play the Titans up next without Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. So if Ron Tannehill needs to step it up, he's going to have to do it against one of the scariest, if not the best defense we've seen in a long time. 100%. Uh, my, my immediate reaction to the, the news was obviously Von Miller. He's not, he's not in his prime anymore. He's not, the, he's, not like, you know, he's not the Super Bowl MVP version of Von Miller, but he's still a very, very good pass rusher still I think one of the better edge rushers in the NFL and to add him for just a second and a third round pick to me is a steal and I you know I think a lot of people might be critical of what the the Los Angeles Rams have done they basically don't care about draft picks at all they're throwing away all their draft picks and I and I respect it because to me draft NFL draft picks are lottery tickets. Like, you don't know what that draft pick is going to do. You know, 50% of the time, over 50% of the time, you're going to draft a guy that just won't hit. He won't be an NFL player. Uh, he, He won't be a contributor. So why not, if you're a championship contending team, why not trade those lottery tickets in for proven players? And that's what the Rams have done over and over again they did it with Matthew Stafford they did it with Jalen Ramsey uh they've done it with with multiple players and they're a team that's all in on winning the Super Bowl and they don't care about the future and and, you know that might come back to bite them in the future but as of right now listen if you win a couple Super Bowls you 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 can you know you can have a few years after that where you know are maybe down years but I do want to just just bring it up the 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 22 draft for the 2022 draft for the Los Angeles Rams. These are the picks that they have in the draft. In round one, they have zero picks. In round two, they have zero picks. In round three, they have one pick. In the fourth round, they have zero picks. In the fifth round, they have one pick. 
sixth round, zero, and seventh round, two. So they have a total of four picks in the next draft, four picks in seven rounds, and none of no picks in the first two rounds. To me, the Rams have gone a completely different route than a lot of other teams where some teams will just really focus on building through the draft. The Rams have said, screw that. Our championship window is right now. We're going to get as many good players as we can. And Sean McVay, I mean, he he's he's coached his players up. They're 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 a Super Bowl contender. And to me, this this is scary because this is the best edge rusher that Aaron Donald has ever played alongside. And to me, the Los Angeles Rams got better today. And that that's my opinion. No, you're absolutely right there. That that's that's very true. I'm just I'm curious to see how this pans out. You know, we've seen this before with the Rams. I believe it was back in was it 2018? If I'm not wrong, where they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they went all in. They had Nadomikin Sue, uh, who signed a one-year deal to be with them. They already had Aaron Donald. Uh, Akeem Talib went over there, and they were stacking up for Super Bowl run, which they went to the Super Bowl and then absolutely just just tanked in the Super Bowl. It was embarrassing. Three points. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if this actually play pays off, and if it doesn't, like you said, only four draft picks uh, this upcoming year. If you win the Super Bowl, hey, you know, like you said, you know, we can take a couple years off to kind of rebuild. Um, but if they don't win the Super Bowl, this is again one of them decisions where it just came back to bite them. And it's it, maybe they start thinking, hey, let's try to build our team up instead of just go all in for one year. Because so far, if if they don't win it, if they don't win it this year, that'd be zero for two for them. Yep, I think the the one big difference between 2018 and and this year is they went out and they took a big swing on the most important position, and that was quarterback. Jared Goff is not the guy anymore. Uh, He was a big reason, I think, why they lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots. He had two open plays to Brandon Cooks that could have blown the game wide open. He missed them. Uh, And to me, Matthew Stafford is playing on a whole other level. So to me, this Rams team, I think, has that that potential that's way higher than than other Rams teams just because – mainly that quarterback position. They, they spent on that quarterback position. They were aggressive there, along with being aggressive in, in other aspects. And I just I can't believe that they'd only had to trade a second and a third round pick for Von Miller, who's really been the face of the franchise for the Denver Broncos. And he's literally one of the greatest players the Broncos have ever had. Uh, and that was stunning. Just I was My jaw was on the floor when I saw that trade hit. Yep. That was one of the more surprising, because we literally heard nothing about that the last few weeks. Like, you you you've heard certain rumors like you heard maybe Brandon Cooks could get traded. You've heard like Odell Beckham kind of a little bit once in a while, and like kind of little little rumors like that every once. But you kn- nowhere did you hear Von Miller, yeah. and out of nowhere he ends up on the Los Angeles Rams in a blockbuster deal. And hopefully for entertainment's sake, there's more blockbuster deals to come. Uh, but. Without further ado, why don't we move on to some of the game? Well, all of the games from Week Eight of the NFL season. We're gonna break down some of the games that we found the most entertaining in great detail, and just go over uh, all of the games that we saw from this week. And Mike, why don't we start things off um, with your favorite team? Why don't we start things off? With oh, the- dude, Joe, I'm. I I don't even need to like. You don't even need to finish. I all mean, right. the Titans put on a show. It was so fun to watch, honestly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Did you switch your uh, team? I did switch teams, Joe. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Pats really just haven't been doing it. You know, I watched you. You know, the, the episode we recorded that's never going to be uploaded. Little teaser for you guys. I, I switched teams as well. I'm now a Tennessee <laughs> Titan fan. Pats just aren't doing it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Yeah, no, the Pats, the Pats won, Joe. And, you know, like I've said, they're they're on their way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's happening. Um, believe it or not, they're they're making a run and they're looking good lately. They really are. Um, I don't know if you watch much of this game or any of it at all. Uh, but no, the Pats look good. Offense is coming around. Yeah, we struggled. The uh, the Homer and me would say, yeah, we were nearly perfect. But uh, the realist, uh, the analyst here, a lot of areas we struggled in on the offensive side of the ball. Mac Jones looked human. Mm. Had a had a not his best day, which he he said later on in the presser. He went 18 for 35, no touchdowns and no interceptions, only 218 yards. Um, Damian Harris had another solid game. A couple runs got called back, but he had 23 attempts, 80 yards and a touchdown. But what was real fun to watch uh, on Sunday was the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense came through. Justin Herbert struggled. Also only went 18 for 35. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, had 223 yards. Um, the defense looked good. Bringing pressure all game. Just made him look like he just had nowhere in the pocket to throw the football. Got him out, around, uh, got him out on the run a bit. And just, just really had him... Had them all over the place, so it, it was a fun game to watch, and uh, I am really excited to see the Pats keep climbing, keep uh, keep pulling wins together. And we have a pretty easy schedule coming up, so you know I would not be surprised if they made a run, Joe. Yeah, the Patriots have. They look like a team that's improving. They look like a team that's on the upward trend. Uh, you know, I don't think they're all the way there yet. I don't think that they're, you know, a fully, you know, complete team. You talked about Mac Jones struggling a little bit in this game, and he's a rookie. Listen, that's okay. Rookies yep. are allowed to struggle at times. I, I've said that all season long with all the rookie quarterbacks. It's okay for a rookie quarterback to struggle. And if this is as bad as it gets for Mac Jones, it's not bad at all. I mean, no interceptions, you know, no touchdowns, but to to come out with it with a win anyways, a 27 to 24 win, uh, a, a, an overall solid performance uh, from from the New England Patriots, and you know, Bill Belichick just seems to have Justin Herbert's number. I mean, he he's played against Justin Herbert, or I mean, Bill Belichick hasn't played, but Justin Herbert's played against Belichick's defense now twice in his two-year career, and he has his two worst completion percentage and quarterback ratings against the New England Patriots defense. So Justin Herbert, who's been very dominant through two seasons, he has a kryptonite, and that kryptonite is in Foxborough. Uh, Bill Belichick's got it locked up there somewhere because he has figured out uh, a way to slow down Justin Herbert. Adrian Phillips, the the former Los Angeles Charger, was able to pick off his former team twice, including a yep. game-clinching interception, what would, what would prove to be uh, the go-ahead touchdown in that game. Uh, a, a terrible miscommunication between Jared Cook and, and Justin Herbert, but uh, Adrian Phillips gets his second interception, and the defense, I thought, really brought it home. Matthew Judon has been a game-wrecker for the New England Patriots this season, uh, and you talked about Damian Harris had himself a good game. To me, though, I, I think the biggest thing in this game was the Patriots' defense was just able to stop Justin Herbert, which is something that nobody else really has been a- been able to do this season. Yeah, no, that's 100% uh, for sure. Um, like you you said with the second interception, the one that got returned for a touchdown, um, it, it wasn't the first time this week where we saw a receiver not really paying attention or looking for the football, and then all of a sudden it got intercepted. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Receivers and quarterbacks really need to get on the same page, but yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Matthew, Matthew Judon uh, has been nothing but dominant. I give it maybe, Hey, you know, trade deadlines tomorrow. Rams might make a run for him. They're really trying to stack <laughs> up that defense. There you go. Uh, no, but 
Uh, yeah, for Charger fans, I wouldn't be too uh, too nervous yet. Um, you know, your team still has plenty of plenty of football left. I still think the Chargers, like I said at the beginning of the year, are going to win the division. I think that they have plenty of time to win some football games, and they just need to improve on the offensive side of the ball because the defense played very well. Um, they, they, they played pretty well, uh, but the offense just, there was too many opportunities left. And, you know, Keenan Allen said it after the game as well. They, they, they shouldn't have lost the game. They shot themselves too many times. I think they should have lost the game, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, overall good win for the good win for the Pats. Uh, but another game, another fun game to watch, Joe, if you're ready to move on from this one. Absolutely. Was uh, the shootout, like I alluded to before talking about the Pats, the shootout between the Titans and the Colts. Yes, this was by far one of the more exciting games, if not the most exciting game this week. Uh, 34 to 31 was the final score. And what were your thoughts on, uh, on your old quarterback's uh, team, how they ended up pulling this one out? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, former Miami Dolphin. Oh man, uh, miss him a lot. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, the the I think he's better than Tua. Wow, listen, that's up for debate. Uh, <laughs> no, it's probably not. But anyways, Ryan Tannehill um, in this game, he started off actually pretty slow. He threw an interception, I believe, on his first throw of the game. Uh, yep. The Titans were down 14 nothing. Uh, showed some resilience to come back. I think it was a 17-14 lead for the Colts at the half. They were able to force the game into overtime. Um, and then, you know, they're able to pull out the win. I thought the biggest difference in this game to me was uh, Carson Wentz, honestly. Carson Wentz was the biggest difference in this game because he made some boneheaded plays. And this is something that we've seen from Carson Wentz time and time again. Last year, I was almost pulling my hair out on this podcast talking about Carson Wentz when he was still a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's done some good things this year with with the Indianapolis Colts, but there were some throws. And and I don't know if you saw it, uh, his, his, his pick six in this game. What is he doing? What, like, what is he doing? He, he's, he's, for those of you that maybe haven't seen it, Carson Wentz is backed up all the way in his own end zone. It looks like the pressure's coming. It looks like he might take a safety. So he tries to do this little shovel screen pass. It was a completely blown up play. Just should have never let go of the ball. He throws the ball, a little, little pitch, little dump off directly into the hands of a defender. The defender has to walk three yards in for a touchdown, and it's just like, it's just a complete mess. And then we get to overtime, and Carson Wentz throws another interception to Kevin Byard, and that seals the Indianapolis Colts' fate. And to me, Carson Wentz, he's got to clean these things up. And and I think, like I said, he's done some good things this year, but I've always said, it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you are, and I've talked about this with Daniel Jones on many, many occasions. If you're turning the ball over and you're making boneheaded plays like that, it doesn't matter. Jameis Winston, we see with him, he's shown all the flashes in the world of being a great quarterback. He's got the arm, he's got the talent, and I maybe shouldn't pile on Jameis Winston too much because he did get injured this week, so I don't want to you know, talk too much crap about him. But if you are turning the ball over in, you know, at, at such a rate that is, that is just killing your team, to me, it, it overrules any talent that you that you show at the quarterback position. So to me, uh, a, you know, the biggest difference in this game was Carson Wentz, and that's that's not a good sign. Uh, if the biggest difference in a loss is, is your quarterback, because that means that he probably uh, did not do a good job in that game. If you're the Colts, yeah, no, that is very true. Um, 
And, and what sucks is the Colts, honestly, throughout the first uh, first half of the first quarter, um, the first about seven, eight minutes, the Colts looked like this game was all theirs. Um, you know, they had to, uh, had a they scored a touchdown, then get an interception, go down, score another touchdown. Then I believe on the next drive, I think they get a stop and then go down. I don't know if they go down the field, but the Colts are like they were in the you know the driver's seat just rolling. And I was like, yeah, you know, Colts are making a comeback this year. They're making a bit of a run. Um, and then you know Ryan Tannehill stepped it up. This game without you know Derrick Henry, he he played the game, but uh, essentially was a non-factor. I believe he only had 68 rushing yards. Yeah, uh, yeah 68 rushing yards on 28 attempts. So it really wasn't much of a factor with that foot injury. But yeah, no, the Colts just absolutely fell apart. And like you said, Carson Wentz, when he's on, I believe Carson Wentz is a really good football player and he deserves a play in this league. But yeah, he he makes way too many mistakes or boneheaded plays. And, and you know, when he's off, he looks like a car driving into just head-on traffic. <laughs> you know, you like get down, get on the ground, and he'll do whatever it takes to throw his body and destroy his body. Yeah. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? He, but yeah, he tries no. to do too much. I feel like a lot of the yeah. times he's trying to be a hero on every single play where it's like sometimes do just throw the ball away or, or even in that, in that situation. And it's easier said than done. I listen, I know it's hard in the moment with the, with the bullets flying and in live action, it's tough, but even taking a safety at that point would have been much better than throwing a pick six the way he did. Uh, and it's just, it feels like he played. Patrick Mahomes, I think, has had this same issue this season. And I'm not comparing the two players at all. I mean, Carson Wentz is nowhere near the player that Patrick Mahomes is. But don't you don't need to be a hero in every single play. You have Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs uh, in the NFL, in my opinion. Why is he only having 16 carries? And maybe this is a coaching issue as well. Why does he have 16 carries when Carson Wentz has thrown the ball 51 times in a game? And that's maybe a, a coaching issue with Frank Reich or whoever's calling the plays there in Indianapolis. Why are, like, Carson Wentz, why are you trying to be a hero on every play? And, 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 you know, Frank Reich, why are we trying to make Carson Wentz the hero when Jonathan Taylor's really, really good? Uh, but this was a big win, I think, for the Titans, and it sucks that Derrick Henry's out now, and that kind of overshadows uh, what was a huge win. The Titans are now the number one seed in the AFC. They're not, they have a four-game lead. Six and lead. two. Yeah, si- a quiet six and two. Like, you almost don't even yeah. think, of, think about the fact that they're six and two. They have some huge wins against Buffalo, against Kansas City, and now they beat Indianapolis. Yep. And they they have all but locked up the AFC South. That's going to be really hard for the Colts with nine games remaining to to make up for for four a four game difference in that division so a big win that's overshadowed a little bit by injuries but why don't we move on to another game we talked about your team why don't we move on to your former quarterback uh and he gets bested once again by the new orleans saints mike what is it about the saints that that tom brady cannot handle it seems like every time they he plays them in the regular season the saints have his number yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to uh, to see. Um, I figured, you know, I've seen Tom Brady play against Saints before, before he went to Tampa Bay, and he had a good time against them, you know. But something about being in a Bucks jersey, he just can't get it done. I will say I am incredibly happy that the Bucks lost. A lot of people uh, think that I'm just a Brady lover, that I, you know, I follow the Buccaneers <laughs> now. You know, they're my new favorite team. Nope, absolutely not. I've said it here on this podcast before. Um, I'm a Pats fan every day and seeing the seeing the bucks lose really puts a smile on my face seeing tom brady lose it's fine but yeah something about the the black gold and white just 
Brady just can't seem to get it out of his eye. Um, and, and the funny thing is, as a, as a member of the Bucks, I believe he's thrown 20 interceptions, if I'm not wrong. Seven of them have been to the Saints, 13 to all other teams. Wow. And Brady's played the Saints three times now. If I'm no four, I think two, it is the three. Well, yeah, three last three last season because in the playoffs, oh, yes, the four two games, now, yeah. and then yeah, this is the fourth game. So, um, it might even be thirteen interceptions to the Saints and seven all over. Anyway, um, Brady has struggled against the Saints. It's been notable, very notable. Like you mentioned earlier, Jameis Winston goes down, tears his ACL. He's done for the season. Sad to see. Um, Trevor Simeon comes in, plays uh, average, but. Something about it, you know. Brady just can't get it, can't get around the Saints. Throws a pick six to end the game, basically to seal the game. Um, so the Saints, I don't understand how you can barely squeeze out a win against the Seahawks, and then come and like put up thirty six points up against the defending Super Bowl champs. So you know, some about the NFL season this year, Joe. I don't know what the what's in the water this year up there and. <laughs> In the NFL, but yeah, it's been it's been really weird to watch. Yeah, the Saints have been a team that we've we've talked about all season. From week to week, we have no idea what uh, who the New Orleans Saints are. And we talked about the Titans being quietly uh, six and two. The Saints are very quietly five and two. They've only lost two games. The Saints are you're right there. They're 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 playoff contenders. Uh, and, you, and you talked about Jameis Winston going down. He started off in this game pretty well. Uh, I thought he was playing okay, but. But Devin White ends up getting a horse collar tackle on Jameis Winston. He, he, his knee gets tweaked, and, and he, t- he tears his ACL. That's been confirmed now. He will be done for the season. I'm curious to see where they go. Is it Taysom Hill, or do they stick with Trevor Simeon, who was one of the many backup quarterbacks who got a win this, this weekend? But Simeon finished 16 for 29, 159 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Alvin Kamara had himself a pretty good game. But here's an interesting little fact about Tom Brady against the New Orleans Saints. Since 2006, Tom Brady has p- played the New Orleans Saints six times. He has lost four of those six games. So Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, they're in uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They have figured out uh, the, the blueprint. Same way that the Patriots have figured out how to stop Justin Herbert, the Saints have figured out how to stop Tom Brady um, and you know this is I, I'm not too concerned for the for the Buccaneers in the grand scheme of things I think this is just a little blip on the radar I think they are a good team I think they got to get healthy Rob Gronkowski got hurt again in this game um, you know in their second area still very banged up I think they're a team that's they got to get healthier they're not as lucky with injuries this year as they were last year but uh, a good win for the Saints. And I am curious, Mike, who, what do you think they do at quarterback? What would you do at quarterback? Would you stick with Trevor Simeon? Or do you, do you th- would, you, would you go with Taysom Hill? Or would you bring in a, a free agent quarterback? What, what would you do if you were the Saints? I'm bringing in Cam Newton. I figured you'd say so, that. Uh, you know, a lot of people absolutely hate Cam Newton just because the way he dresses. I don't <laughs> understand it. The man plays football. Let him dress how he wants. But honestly, Trevor Simeon, you know, he, he, yeah, he got the job done this week. But as we saw with him in Denver, he is nothing but a average Joe quarterback. You know, he just he goes out there, he throws the ball. You know, maybe twenty times, twenty five times. Um, uh, not even I wouldn't even call him a game manager, honestly. So give it a week or two, the NFL is going to have Trevor Simeon figured out again. So I don't believe Trevor Simeon is your long term fix for the season. Um, and Taysom Hill, I I'm not sure. That's kind of a tough one because. 
we have seen we've we, we have seen flashes of Hill where he can throw the football, but as a full time starter, it would be kind of interesting to see because he has played so many different positions. He hasn't played full time quarterback yet, so that would be an interesting transition. Um, but yeah, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm bringing in Cam Newton. I believe they already said they won't be looking at Cam Newton. Um, so that's a bit disappointing, but I think, I honestly think bringing in uh, a free agent like Cam Newton could really help this team. And Cam Newton's honestly a good quarterback. I think him and Alvin Kamara could be a, a good combo. Um, cause you know, Kamara can absolutely dominate a game and take control of a game. Um, and so can Cam Newton if he wants to. So I think that would be the right move. But what do you think, Joe? What do you think the best decision for the saints would be? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't disagree with the Cam Newton thing. I, I do. I've always been a fan of Cam Newton as well. Uh, I can see why they maybe wouldn't want to bring him in. You know, he's a street free agent learning the playbook might be, might be difficult at this point of the season, but, uh, I don't know. I, 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 if I'm the saints, I, I, I guess I just give Taysom Hill the reins. He, he played, he played quarterback. I think he had three starts last season. Uh, I think he went three and oh, in those starts, he didn't play mm-hmm. amazing. I I I think to me he he seems like very much like a Jalen Hurts type of quarterback. You know he's he's going to be a guy who who you should not throw the ball fifty times with, uh, but he he's a guy who I think can manage the game. He can make some plays. Uh, I don't think Trevor Simeon is the answer, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Sean Payton throw kind of a a quarterback by committee type situation out there. Uh, have Taysom Hill, you know, maybe play a little bit, have Trevor Simeon come in, you know, when you want to throw the ball a little bit more accurately and stuff like that. But a little interesting thing that I, I heard on a few different podcasts and a few different radio shows, some people are talking about maybe bringing in Phillip Rivers, bringing back Phillip Rivers from, from retirement. He just finished coaching in high school. Uh, what do you think about the Saints potentially, uh, you know, dragging Phillip Rivers out of, out of retirement? Joe, I honestly thought you were going to go with uh, bringing uh, Drew Brees out of retirement. And I was like, hey, I'm kind of all in for it. You know, yeah. I think Brees with a bit of healing might have been been something again. But Phillip Rivers can stay out of the NFL. I think he <laughs> has showed that with the Colts, you know, he is bound to get hurt. He's injury prone and he's just he's not a slinger. He can't sling the ball anymore. He's got a very awkward throwing uh, motion. I think Philip Rivers needs to stay retired because I don't think he's uh, the the fix either. Even though it'd be for half a season, um, I just don't think it'd be worth trying to learn a whole new system and then you know try to try to win some games. So I don't think Philip Rivers is the the fix, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And Drew Brees apparently said uh, on on uh, Sunday Night Football he's he's not into coming back he's gonna stay retired which makes sense i mean if you're tired mm-hmm. if you're retired you're retired but philip rivers has made it known that you know he potentially would come back for the right situation and i don't know it seems like a, the right situation a five and two team but that probably won't happen for entertainment's sake i would love to have philip rivers come back i think that would be an entertaining storyline but speaking of entertaining and speaking of backup quarterbacks we had another backup quarterback pick up a big win uh, this week, and it was the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush in his first NFL start, picking up a big win on Sunday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings. Mike, what did you take away uh, from this Sunday Night Football game? Joe, first, I would like to throw up a stat. I believe it was the first time in the NFL where a team had a quarterback throw a football to a receiver um, who shared uh and part of their names were like shared like it was a game winning t- uh, first time a quarterback 
through a game-winning touchdown to a receiver where their names had like a sharing name in it. It was something like that. Kind of butchered yeah. the the fact, but I was like, "That's you know, eh, they're kind of reaching for a stat there." <laughs> yeah. um, the cool part, the, the cool part worry. about that stat, though. Okay, I I believe the stat is it's the first time that a quarterback has thrown a touchdown to a receiver with a quarterback's last name matching. No, the quarterback's first name matching the receiver's last name. So it was Cooper Rush to Amari Cooper. And fun fact, yep. the the la- the opposite of that, so the quarterback, uh, there's also another stat that the quarterback um, throwing to a, to a touchdown to a receiver where the last name um, coincides with the receiver's first name also happened to the Dallas Cowboys last year against Minnesota the same so the same team oh. it was Andy Dalton throwing to Dalton Schultz so yep. that's okay. two that's two years in a row we've had kind of the same stat so that's definitely an interesting stat uh, I thought it, it obviously doesn't mean anything but it is kind of a fun little tidbit but anyways you were saying uh, about this game oh yeah so um anyway Cooper Rush put on a show um he had only thrown four pass attempts going into this game and I did not know what to expect I still picked the Cowboys to win Um, the Vikings, even though they have looked, had flashes, have looked good, could very much be five and two. Um, I just was like, "Mm, not really feeling it. And Cooper Rush went off. He had 325 yards on 24 for 40 passing two touchdowns and a pick. And Joe, he did not look like a quarterback who'd only throw the ball four times in the NFL. He looked like a, uh, a seasoned veteran, um, made some bad throws. I will say some, some second string throws. (laughs) but was able to lead the team when it counted. And yeah, the Cowboys took the dub. Um, the run game wasn't really a factor, but it, it didn't need to be a factor. Uh, Dak Prescott was on the sideline helping Cooper uh, go down the field. And uh, it was it was actually a pretty fun game to watch. So yeah, no, the Cowboys are now 7-1. and one. I still believe that they are bound for the Super Bowl. They look like a really, really tough team to beat, especially when they have their second string quarterback putting up 325 yards and, and the Vikings couldn't even beat them. So, I mean, I think the Cowboys Cowboys have, you know, have everything figured out this year. I think they have the blueprint to, to go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, this was a very impressive win to me for the Dallas Cowboys because this previous Cowboys team, this is a this is an automatic loss. I mean, they're winning games that they I think they would have lost uh, in, in years prior. And I honestly, I wouldn't have blamed them if they would have lost a Sunday night football game with the backup quarterback. It's a tough situation against a Vikings team that I thought was pretty good. Um, but it certainly helps when you have Amari Cooper, you have C.D. Lamb. These two guys had big games this week. Um, but just just a gritty win for the Cowboys. You know, to, to be able to sit down your quarterback and, and let him get hel- healthy, you're hoping hoping that the injury is not not too bad, that he doesn't miss a whole lot more games. But to, to be able to sit him... Um, you know, when it, they weren't sure whether they're going to play him or not to be able to sit him and still pick up the victory. I think that's a big win for the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas defense was very, very impressive in this game as well. Um, only allowing 16 points to the Minnesota Vikings. Micah Parsons continues to be an absolute terror on the field. He had 11 tackles in this game, uh, four tackles for loss. He was all over the field. And I'm very impressed by Dan Quinn and what he's been able to do uh, with this defense. Um, and to me, as good of a win as it was for Dallas, it was such a terrible loss for the Vikings. I mean, this is a 
this is a must win for the Vikings. If you're a team that's trying to get back up, back in the playoff chase and you have an opportunity here, you're playing a good team, but now they have their backup quarterback, you got to win this game, especially at home. They got booed off the field at halftime. They got booed off the field uh, at the end of the game. And to me, my biggest question for the Vikings is how long are you going to let How long are you going to do this with Kirk Cousins? I mean, I understand Kirk Cousins has played all right this season, and I've been a Kirk Cousins supporter for, you know, many years. However, this offense has Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. I mean, this this offense should be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Instead, you have moments like this in primetime football where you're getting completely embarrassed by a team with their backup quarterback because your quarterback shrivels up into a ball when you need him most. To me, how long are we going to just are we going to stay put with Kirk Cousins? How long are we going to keep Kirk Cousins on the roster? And to me, you add the right quarterback to this Vikings team, this is the most explosive offense in the NFL and it's not even close. I mean, the talent they have on offense is they're ready for a, a quarterback, and I think this team could be really good if if you would just get an explosive quarterback. Yeah, no, Joe, I really agree with that. I'm a big Kirk Cousins supporter, but as of the like this year, he has played well, like you said, but how long can we let the Vikings just, just flop on these primetime games, especially a game where you had a backup quarterback who had thrown four pass attempts in his NFL career? You let him throw all over you. So one, I don't know where the defense was, um, but if you're a Vikings fan, it is it is time to worry. Um, normally, I, I say it's not, but you have the Baltimore Ravens next week. You have the Chargers the following week. You have the Packers the week after oh that. Oh, my gosh. Then you get two weeks of, you know, who knows. But then you got the Steelers, the Bears, the Rams, the Packers. Like, your, your schedule is nice. you're in for a ride. And so as a Vikings fan, it's time to worry. And start, I, think, I think it's time to start thinking about uh, filling a, a one, a new offensive, uh, a one either a coach or offensive coordinator um, spot, a quarterback spot, because the play calling was terrible um, in this game. You know, Kirk Cousins wasn't looking anywhere farther than four or five yards down the field um, when you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And, you know, yeah, Dalvin Cook, you know, he had 78 yards. I don't think they're using Dalvin Cook right. Like, you know, I feel like he's not getting many opportunities to, to, uh, um, no, uh, too many opportunities to play well in this offense. So yeah, I think it all starts with the quarterback. I think he really needs to, Kirk Cousins really needs to step it up, but yeah, their season looks really rough right now. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think the Vikings will move on from Kirk Cousins. That's the frustrating part. He's due $45 million next year. He is one of the most high, uh, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And to me, like I've said, I'm a, I'm a Cousins supporter, but Daniel Jeremiah, he, he he's a, an NFL scout for the NFL Network. He has uh, him and Bucky Brooks. They have a, a a a a phrase that they use for quarterbacks, and it's "Are you a truck or are you a trailer? Are you a a truck being some a, a quarterback that's gonna pull your team? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pull your team. You're gonna bring your team to where they need to be. And a trailer being, you're only gonna be as good as where your team can pull you. And to me, Kirk Cousins is the best the best trailer quarterback you can find. But at some point, you need to go go out and get yourself a truck. 
You need to get yourself a guy that can lift your offense, that can make you better, and especially when you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and an offensive line that's improving. Christian Derrissaw, he's been a really good player for them as a rookie. I mean, you need a guy who can who can take you to that next level. And to me, Kirk Cousins just isn't that guy. Um, but on to the next game. And it was a divisional matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers pick up a 15-10 victory over the Cleveland Browns. Big Ben goes 22 for 34, 266 yards and a touchdown. Najee Harris has himself a good game, 91 yards on the ground. A disappointing loss, however, for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield does not throw a touchdown in this game. He goes 20 for 31, 225 yards. Nick Chubb couldn't get anything going, only averaged 3.8 yards a carry. Uh, Pittsburgh's now won three straight uh, on the season after it looked like they were a helpless team that was on their way down. They've won three straight, and the in the Browns look to be going in the complete opposite direction. Uh, Mike, what is wrong with the Cleveland Browns right now? Uh, honestly, everything, uh, starting with Baker still being hurt, you know, only putting up 225 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, you know, one, Baker needs to get healthy. To here are my here's I'll, I'll 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 go with this. The Browns need to rehab Baker. They need to trade Odell Beckham Jr. because yes. I don't know where he has been. They need to trade him, get something for Odell, and just just really ramp up that offense because they put up ten points. It it was an embarrassing loss, especially to a team that didn't even have a kicker. You know they took out the kicker. Uh, <laughs> Rest, rest in peace, Chris Boswell. He took a shot. That was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The Browns right now uh, were a team that were that, that was climbing, had a lot of high expectations going into the season, and have absolutely just fell apart. Um, one thing I will say, I am thankful for the loss. Patriots now have a have a. I think they're one game behind in the wild card, so we have a chance. But um, honestly, yeah, no. Resting Baker, I think I think he needs to be done for the year. The Browns don't look like a team that is scaring anybody or going to put any pressure on a playoff team. And so I think getting Baker the rest he needs and then building up your offense um, to for next year to make a run. I know we're early in the season, but right now the, the Browns are all over the place. And if you're a Steelers fan, honestly, I wouldn't be too excited either because you only put up 15 points against a team that is absolutely struggling right now. And so, yeah, no, Steelers also... Need to need to think about I don't know finding one another quarterback because I believe Ben Roethlisberger probably played in Cleveland for his last last time in his career. And so both teams just oh man Joe both teams in the division heading in the wrong directions. Even though the Steelers won, I don't believe the Steelers will do anything this year in the playoffs. Um, but I yeah, what do you what do you think the Browns need to do to help themselves? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 been a tough turnaround for the Browns. I thought they started the season off very well. Um, it's just been a tough, it's been a tough go around. I mean, they've struggled with a lot of injuries. I think Baker's injury is, is really, really hindering him. And it's, it's disappointing to watch. And I think he's gritting it out because he, you know, he knows he needs that. He needs to get that new contract. He, he, he hasn't gotten it yet. Um, and I think that's been something that's been on his mind that he needs to prove himself to, to get that big contract. But right now he's just putting his himself in harm's way. And honestly, he's, he's not helping the team. Um, and he has not been good uh, the last couple of weeks. But but the Steelers, you know, they're a team with an incredible defense. And I think 
if they if they had a quarterback like I'm I've heard a lot of rumors about Aaron Rodgers potentially coming to Pittsburgh next year and to me I mean that would make this team I don't know to me that's that makes this team a legit Super Bowl contender I think the the biggest thing holding the Pittsburgh Steelers back right now is the quarterback position Big Ben uh, for as well as he played this week he definitely is still a liability and I think this team's ready to go I just don't know if their quarterback's ready to go so and especially in this division the Bengals uh, I, I know they, they took a tough loss this week and we'll talk about that coming up but you got the Ravens and the Browns I mean the, it, it's a really really good division but I thought this was a good win uh, a big win and it, really tough for the Browns this was your chance to kind of make a statement uh, take down Big Brother. Uh, you show the Pittsburgh Steelers that hey, the, we're we're taking over. We're not going to be bullied by you anymore. And to lose this game, uh, and and let the Steelers get revenge for that playoff playoff loss that they had to you. It's a disappointing loss, but the Steelers now have won three in a row, and I think they're moving in the right direction. But I, I think, like you talked about, uh, with Big Ben at quarterback, I, I just don't know what their ceiling is. I I don't know how much they can accomplish as far as a playoff run goes. Um, but I think, you know, who knows? Aaron Rodgers could end up on either one of these teams next season. Uh, both of them could be looking for quarterbacks uh, after this season. Who knows? Uh, but why don't we move on to, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, why don't we move on to the rest of the games? Why don't we start with the Thursday night football game? It was the Packers pulling out a victory, the first loss of the season for the Arizona Cardinals, a 24-21 to victory for the Green Bay Packers. Mike, what were your thoughts on this Thursday night football game, a really good Thursday night football game. Yeah, I'll make my I'll make some quick thoughts here. Um, Aaron Rodgers didn't have the best game, but he was down, I believe, two or three receivers and still managed to get a win. Um, so the Packers look to be on the on the on the upwards trending, and they look really good. They look hard to be stopped, in my opinion, especially if they get their receivers back. Um, and then if you're the Cardinals, this is a tough loss. You lose your perfect record. One, you lost J.J. Watt going right before this game even, you know, happened about a day or two before. And two, again, like I, I said earlier, you need to get on the same page because the, the way they lost was was terrible. A.J. Green not even looking for the football. Looked like he was expecting a run play, only to have the ball soar right behind him and get intercepted. So devastating loss for the Cardinals, but I believe they need to keep their heads up high. They still have plenty of football, and they're a really good team. But, yeah, no, good win for the Steelers for sure. Yeah, 100%. And uh, uh, I think that um, this was a this is a weird game. I think both teams were playing really conservatively as far as the offensive play calling goes, and and it was good. It was good to see uh, you know classic Aaron Rodgers going in and 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 picking up a win when people counted him out. And I know he didn't he didn't play amazing. He didn't put up a whole lot of points, but he got the win. And then you talked about that AJ Green play. That was a complete disaster. The Arizona Cardinals were driving to win potentially the game at the end of the end of the game and to see AJ Green not even know that the ball was intercepted that was a a bad look for AJ Green and a tough way to lose your first game of the season if you're the Arizona Cardinals but I think both these teams are 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 a force that will be you know a force to be reckoned with the rest of the season this was a fun Thursday night matchup but on to some of the Sunday games that we have yet to talk about why don't we start uh, with my Miami Dolphins uh, losing 11-226 to the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen went 29 for 42, uh, 249 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the you know the Dolphins they hung tight longer than I thought they would. Honestly, 
Uh, people ask me how I feel about this. I don't know. I, I I wasn't expecting the Dolphins to win. I don't really feel anything about them anymore this season. But I was honestly impressed that they were able to keep it as close as they were for as long as they did. But, Mike, do you have any thoughts on the Bills versus the Dolphins game? Uh, I honestly wish the Dolphins would have won uh, just for playoff implications for the Pats. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this the, the Bills struggled throughout the first half. Um, really, I thought this was going to be a bit of a blowout game. But, I mean, going into the third quarter, the score was 3-3. Three to three, And even after the third quarter, we were looking at a 10-3 game. And so the Bills really struggled uh, uh, to do anything. And it, it's a bit concerning. Um, I expected this to be an easy win. You know, Bills kind of... Get the, keep their confidence up. I know they are five and two, but oof, you gotta you gotta play a little bit better than that. Not trying to dog on your your Dolphins there, Joe, but they've just had a really rough season. So this should have been more of a confidence builder than wrecker for the Bills. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that you know uh, there's there's been a couple times this season where the Bills have struggled, and obviously you know they picked up the win, so you can't uh, you know talk too much about uh, struggles when when they picked up mm-hmm. the win. Uh, but the Dolphins are a, a complete mess, and I thought it would be a 35 to nothing show lacking like we saw in Week 2. Uh, and the Dolphins, who knows? Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, Deshaun Watson's been traded there. I, I feel like the vibes are going towards him not being traded at this point, but then again, who knows what's going on there, uh, but we'll be sure to keep you updated on that. And why don't we move on to the next game, the... Oh, man, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this game. The Panthers winning 19-13 to over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and the Carolina Panthers, they snap a four-game losing streak. Mike, what do you got to say about this game? Um, Yeah, Panthers finally get a win. Um, I don't believe Sam Darnold played all that great again. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Sam Darnold is the future in Carolina because he has been struggling this season. And Matt Ryan got his hand stepped on, and it looked uh, pretty terrible. Yeah. But yeah, not a whole lot to say about this game. Wasn't a real interesting game to watch, but Panthers pull it out. Um, and yeah, other than that, Falcons um, looking looking pretty rough this year. And I think they also need to get a, get a grip and try to figure it out. I know Calvin Ridley did say that he is now going to take some time off of football to focus on his mental health. So, you know, prayers up for him. Hope he can get it figured out. But yeah, the... the Falcons are looking rough. Yeah, 100%. Calvin Ridley, uh, like you talked about, said that he's stepping away from football. He he was inactive for this game uh, to focus on his mental health. So 100%, uh, we are, our thoughts and prayers are with Calvin Ridley. I hope he can figure uh, out whatever is going on in his life. Um, obviously, there are things that are much bigger than football, uh, much bigger than fantasy teams, and you hope that he can you know, get back on the right track and, and get back to playing football because when he is playing and he's playing at a high level, he's one of the better receivers in the NFL and really fun to watch. So thoughts and prayers to him and his family. But then on to another backup quarterback picking up a big-time victory, and it was the New York Football Jets beating the Cincinnati Bengals, the former number one seed in the AFC a 34-31 victory for the New York Jets. And that's right. Everybody's favorite quarterback, Mike White, went third. Joe. <laughs> yes. Mike the GOAT. White. Mike. Don't the disrespect go- him. The GOAT. I mean, only the second quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 yards in his first career game. The only other quarterback being Cam Newton in his first career start. Mike White went 37 for 45, 
405 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. I think one of them wasn't really even his fault. But what the heck happened in this game, Mike? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I think it's time to start taking the Jets serious, Joe. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're now a contender. They're at the the Bengals for sure are pretenders. Uh, but no, is it in time to trade Zach Wilson? Is it time to trade Zach Wilson? I saw. <laughs> I don't know if it was a fake post, but Robert, how do you say it? Sala. Sala. Yeah. There we go. Um, said that the the door's opening for a quarterback battle, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson has absolutely struggled this year. He is a rookie, but Mike White's young, and he looks hungry. I mean, 405 yards in his first career start. I know he did play last week, struggled a bit. But, man, the Jets look good. Um, I heard somebody tell me today that it was, it was just luck. It was luck. I was like, no, I don't believe it was luck because, I mean, it takes a lot of luck to put up 34 points against the leading AFC team. Um, and, you know, they have also beat, I believe the Jets beat the Titans this year. Did they not? So, I mean, one, one time, sure, luck. But, no, the Jets, they kept coming back. They kept fighting hard. And I mean, if this is the Jets that we're gonna see for the rest of the the year, I'm so glad the Pats have played them twice already. Because <laughs> man, that is a that is a scary looking team. Uh, now the and the Bengals, they I wouldn't say they struggled. They put up 31 points. Joe Burrow had 259 yards, three touchdowns. Um, but something about these Jets just would not let up. They kept their foot down. Defense played pretty good. And yeah, Mike White just put on a show and I believe that I believe there should be a quarterback battle because I mean, yeah, this was he was fun to watch. Yeah, Mike White. I mean, throwing for 400 yards, you can call it luck. Throwing for 400 yards is very hard. I mean, like there are a few quarterbacks uh, every week that can that can throw for 400 yards and it's incredible to do it in your first career game and to me for the Bengals this was a very disappointing loss. You had a chance to, I think Really, you know, keep keep the momentum going, and I think this was a a huge letdown game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I wonder how much they were looking past uh, the New York Jets and maybe looking towards this next week's game when they play the Cleveland Browns. I wonder if they were just like, oh yeah, checking the boxes. The Jets are a win. Uh, you can't look past teams in the NFL, and uh, the nope. the Jets have done it to two teams now. Like you talked about with the Titans and now with the Bengals, you can't look past teams, especially. When that team is quarterbacked by Mike freaking Mike White, White, baby, um, yeah. we'll we'll see what what the Jets do at quarterback. Joe Flacco has got to be kicking himself right now. He got traded to the Jets, and now he's definitely not starting with Mike White playing that way. Joe, I mean, if you're the Colts, who they the Jets play next, you're I mean, your legs are shaking, <laughs> which is Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. And then we got the Bills. I mean, if I'm the Bills. I'm clocking out. Josh Allen, put him on the bench. I ain't playing Josh <laughs> Allen that game. It's an automatic L for the Bills. This is going to be, you know, quite interesting to watch. The Jets got a lot of football left to play. I honestly, I'm here for it if Mike White takes him on a run. It, it would be interesting to see, like, a fifth-round guy who, you know, couldn't make the, the Cowboys roster and came out of nowhere. Uh, I'm curious to see if this is just a one-week wonder, of if he can string together a couple of nice games here. But... Speaking of, we talk about Joe Flacco, the team that he got traded from, the Philadelphia Eagles, put up a shellacking of a game this week in a 44-6 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. And to me, the biggest thing in this game was the Eagles finally, 
finally committed to running the ball. They ran the football. They had 236 total rushing yards as a team. Boston Scott had a big game. Jordan Howard had a big game. Kenneth Gainwell was kind of the forgotten man in this running back room. But uh, Jalen Hurts only attempted 14 passes, which was so perfect. This is what this offense needs to look like. Run the ball. Don't let Jalen Hurts, you know, throw the ball 50 times a game. That was my biggest takeaway from this game. Yeah, no, I, I, I say don't let Jalen Hurts throw the ball 50 times, but 14 is, is not enough. I mean, they did have a lot of success running the ball, but I still think Jalen needs to get at least 25 throws in. Um, but no, it was good to see the Eagles finally kind of figure it out. You know, they'd been struggling this season, but poor MCDC, man. I was really thinking this was a game that he might get the first win. And what happens? They get absolutely demolished. Yep. Six points as an offense. Jared Goff, again, struggled. Run game struggled. Everything about the Lions struggled. I think it's time Jared Goff gets thrown out of there. I still think Dan Campbell is a good coach. I think they just needed a, some more offense and clearly some more defense. So they have a lot to figure it out as they are now, I believe, 0-8. So I think their goal this year is winning one game and then moving on and trying to rebuild and get better for next year. Yep. We, did, we didn't make our own picks this last week because, our, our, spoiler alert, our, our wives made the picks for us. If you guys hadn't, have not listened to that, make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode. It was a fun time. But I, if I would have had the chance, I probably would have picked the Lions to win this game. I thought they were going to pick up their first win against the Eagles, but it was not to be as the Eagles completely dominate but then on to the next few games the 49ers pick up a 33 to 22 victory over the Chicago Bears uh Justin Fields actually looked pretty good in this game he looked a little better but the the 49ers pull out a victory uh in this game yep Jimmy Garoppolo finally had a decent uh decent game uh Niners finally put together four quarters of football which was good to see and they might have find, found something to, to help them win some more games. But yeah, no, Justin Fields finally had a good game as well. He looked good. Andy Dalton will probably be on his way out. Um, who knows if he'll get traded before the deadline. But yeah, no, it was good to see Justin Fields and the Bears finally uh, finally play some good football. And we'll just have to watch and watch and see if they can make some kind of run as well. Um, but yeah, no, good win for the Niners. Um, and we'll, we'll see what they can do moving on. Yep, and then on to the... Rams versus the Texans. The Rams take care of business against the Texans. And my biggest takeaway is that Cooper Cup has been phenomenal this season. He leads the league in receiving yards. He finished 7 for 115 in a touchdown in this game. Also, Matthew Stafford uh, is looking really good. He might be the front runner for the MVP at this point with some of the other guys struggling. You know, Kyler Murray kind of took a step back. Josh Allen maybe not, you know, as good the last few weeks. Uh, Matthew Stafford. He had three touchdowns in this game, threw for over 300 yards, and the Rams just handled their business against a bad Houston Texans team. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I believe the the Rams signed Vaughn Miller to to not allow teams to put up 22 points in the fourth quarter, but <laughs> I, I believe it was in garbage time, so really didn't help much. But yeah, no, Rams handled business, and Texans, again, just waiting for the season to be over to, to start a rebuild. Yep, and it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll keep tabs on whether or not uh Deshaun Watson gets traded from there where he goes if he goes uh how long we'll have to keep talking about this Deshaun Watson situation uh but hopefully I, I wish it would just be resolved already I was hoping it would be resolved before we before we record this podcast but it was not to be uh but then on to the next game the Jaguars 
fall to the Seattle Seahawks 31 to 7 and our boy well your boy Geno Smith uh he had himself a victory finally picks up a win as the starter there in Seattle yeah finally didn't have to try driving down the field on a game-winning drive <laughs> only to to create some kind of turnover but yeah nope Seahawks got a good win 31 to 7 Saw an interesting stat, I believe now the Jags are 0-20, or 0 for their last 20 when playing in Northern America, and <laughs> that's not wrong. I saw that on TV, and I was like, again, NFL reaching for stat lines. <laughs> that's true. Their, their last win in the last 21 games was last, or sorry, two weeks ago against my Miami Dolphins in good old England. But then on to the final game, and it's the Washington football team falling to the Denver Broncos 17-10. to uh, Teddy Bridgewater played all right. Honestly, don't have much to say about this game. This was kind of a boring game. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, just when I thought the the football team had their defense figured out, their offense just absolutely collapses. And another team I would like to see maybe pursue Cam Newton and get an offense going because I think that the football team is a decent team, but all around just bad football was another one of them games you really don't need to tune into. Exactly. Definitely not a, a not a can't miss football game. But before we get onto the picks, we're going to do a segment that we want to do every single week. I keep forgetting, but we want to do it every single week. Uh, and it's the biggest winner and biggest loser from the week uh, in the NFL. Um, Mike, who do you have? Do you want to, you choose. Do you want to start off biggest winner or biggest loser? Let's go with biggest winner, Joe. And let me tell you, my biggest winner, um, I, I hadn't thought much into it up until I saw the trade with Vaughn Miller going to the Rams. So I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams as the biggest winner um, from this week. It was post-game, even though they did shellack the, the Texans. Um, they now got a uh, an edge rusher in Vaughn Miller who's going to just absolutely help destroy other teams. That defense already was stacked. And now it just got even better with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller. It is going to be nuts to watch. So, yeah, my biggest winner um, from this week was uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Who you got? That's a good pick. Uh, I like that. My biggest winner from this week, I think, is going to be backup quarterbacks in general. Big win. Big week for the backup quarterbacks. We saw Geno Smith pick up a win. Uh, Mike White pick up a win. Cooper Rush pick up a win. Trevor Simeon pick up a win. I think that's all of them. I think four backup quarterbacks picked up a win this week. There might be more. I feel like there maybe is more. But uh, anyways, a really good week for backup quarterbacks. And I think uh, if you were a backup quarterback uh, in any league, it was a good week to see uh, you know your fellow backups picking up wins in big spots. So that's my biggest winner. Like, who do you have as your biggest loser from week eight of the 2021 NFL season? You know, I really don't want to discredit our uh, our MVP uh, vote for this year and Mike White in the Jets. <laughs> but yeah, biggest loser by far is uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Going into this game, you put it down as a W for the Bengals and really disappointed that they couldn't really pull this one out. And yeah, they lose their number one seed in the AFC. And if, if you're the Bengals, you really have to kick yourself for this one. This is a game on paper they should have won. Going into Cleveland, which you're probably thinking you're going to win that game as well. Um, so, yeah, biggest loser, Cincinnati Bengals. They really need to, to 
focus a little more next week going against the Browns. Yep, that was that was a tough loss for the Bengals. And I'm going to stick in the AFC North for my biggest loser, and it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. I think they're a team, the vibes are all off in Cleveland. And to me, this was a big opportunity to turn things around, pick up a big win against Big Brother, you know, the team that's bullied you for, for decades now in Pittsburgh, and to just go out as flat as they did, scoring only 10 points. Odell Beckham, I mean, please, I hope by the time this podcast comes out that he's traded. He needs to be gone because he had one target for one catch and six yards. You only targeted him one time. What is even going on? Why is he even there? It's pointless. Move him. Uh, but, yeah, a tough loss, and I think the biggest loser for me in this week is definitely the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but that kind of wraps up week eight, what was week eight of the 2021 NFL season. Why don't we move on to week nine in our week nine pickums? And last week, we had our wives come in and, and do uh, some picking for us. We thought, listen, we haven't done a great job this season. Why not come and you know, bring in a, a fresh set of eyes to, to come come pick these games for us. And, uh, Mike, I see what you did here. You were down a little bit, uh, so you had this idea, oh, why don't we bring in our wives to do the picks, and then I'll coach up my wife. And I know Joe won't coach up his wife. He'll just let his wife do whatever she wants. Um, and my wife finished 5 for 9 in picks this last week, uh, d- disregarding the, the game that's currently going on as we're recording this. And your wife went 9 and 5 this week if I'm not mistaken. So that puts us now at the season. Uh, I'm now just one game ahead, 73 and 47. You're sitting at 72 and 48. Uh, Very smart plan, Mike. You know, Joe, one, I didn't help my wife make any picks. She did everything herself. Okay, all right. Two, I told you on the podcast last week, if we want to keep (laughs) these picks on the side just for fun, we can. You said, nope, I'm 100% confident my wife. I don't know if you were just saying that because you wanted to to not sleep in the doghouse <laughs> or what, but um, I mean, hey, you could have backed out whenever you wanted. It was not a ploy uh, to where I could gain some games on you. Plus, I don't think we've uh, settled any kind of consequence or bonus for the winner. So uh, at the end of the year, uh, I don't think it's really going to matter that much. I mean, you're probably still going to beat me because I like to make aggressive picks. So just, just, it's all just. Uh, Continue to ride the wave. It's Joe. all for pride at this point. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm clinging on to that one one game lead, uh, but I'm hoping to pick up some games this week. Why don't we start off with Thursday night football? Uh, the New York Jets facing off against the Indianapolis Colts. Not the most entertaining game on Thursday night, but hopefully we can still get a good game. I'm gonna pick the Colts in this game. Who you got on Thursday night? How dare you disrespect our boy? I was hoping like to that. quickly, quickly Not get it entertaining. In there. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I'm going with the New York Jets. Okay, you don't... I've uh, the Colts. Uh, they've been way too up and down. And to be honest, I'm not just saying this because I, I, I the the game that just happened. I honestly think the Jets could could do something in this game. Yeah, I was hoping to quickly slip in my Colts thing so you wouldn't think that I was disrespecting Mike White, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm I, Dis- disappointed. I still Joe. think the Colts are a better team. Carson Wentz can still oh, be a, a complete hurricane of a man. But you're picking the Jets. I'm picking the Colts. Uh, then we move on to Sunday or not Sunday night. The Sunday slate of games. And the first game 
we have is the Denver Broncos facing against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, whether or not it's Cooper Rush or or whether it's whether it's Dak Prescott, it doesn't matter. Dallas, I think, is going to win this game. Who do you who do you got in this game? Joe, I'm also going with Dallas, and I believe Mike McCarthy said that it seems like all systems are a go for Dak to most likely start. Very good. That's what we like to hear. It's very much a pro-Dallas Cowboys podcast. Uh, why don't we move on to the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and I'm going to pick the, the Bengals. I think the Browns are on a downward trajectory. I think the Bengals are looking for a get-right game. And I think that offense is is explosive. And, and if they can hit a couple more of those big explosive plays, they can pick up a big win here against the division rival. Absolutely. Yeah, the Bengals just need to focus a little harder in this game and not check it off as a win already. But I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well, Joe. All right. And then on to another AFC North team. It's the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm going to pick the Ravens. I still think they're one of the better teams in football. Uh, the last time we saw them, they were getting beat by the Bengals, but I'm going to pick them to beat uh, a disappointing Vikings team. Yeah, Joe, um, I agree on that one. I'm going to also take Baltimore. Um, I Yeah, I don't see the Vikings doing anything special in this game. So Baltimore should easily be able to take a win all right and then las vegas raiders versus the new york giants i actually like what i've seen from the raiders the last few weeks so i'm going to pick them to win this game who you got yeah i believe i'm also going to take the raiders i believe they're coming off a bye week so they're going to be fresh and giants right now are holding on um the game is 10 to 14 as we as we currently speak but i believe raiders are a better football team all right and then on to the atlanta falcons versus new orleans saints i just think that saints are a better coach team regardless of who's at quarterback i think the saints pull out this win against the atlanta falcons yeah joe i mean who knows who's gonna be the quarterback to start but I'm also going to take the Saints. Uh, with Calvin Ridley out for who knows how long, um, I don't see the Falcons uh, uh, putting up much of a competition. I feel like we're on a very big agreeing streak right now. We've agreed on a lot of this a is, lot of games in a row here. This is interesting. This is interesting. I think there's. I don't think that's going to change here for a couple of games. Why don't we move on to Buffalo at Jacksonville? Uh, sorry, Urban Meyer. Um, not picking you uh, in this game. Um, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills. I still think they're one of the best teams in the AFC, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the worst teams in the AFC. Absolutely agree, Joe. Um, going with Buffalo, Jacksonville's been nothing but struggle, uh, a struggle fest, and the Bills open as 14.5-point favorites for this Good game. Good night. That is a, a very big line. Uh, and then on to your New England Patriots at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, not feeling the vibes in Carolina. I'm going to pick the new new england patriots did i say new england patriots or did i say new orleans i don't know i might have messed that up you said new england okay. patriots. New england. i'm gonna pick the new england patriots to win this game i think they're on a they're on a good trajectory right now i think they're an improving team and i think they'll beat a struggling panthers team absolutely agree patriots are on the, the rise up panthers are kind of holding steady at a flat uh rate so Pat should easily be able to take care of business here. All right, and then on to the final 1 o'clock game, the Houston Texans going to Miami. A couple of 1-7 teams. I cannot believe the Dolphins are 1-7. Unbelievable. Um, the Houston Texans playing at Miami, and I'm picking the Houston Texans. I'm, I know uh, the Texans are bad. I'm not picking the Dolphins until they show me otherwise. They are uh, an embarrassment. 
And listen, Tyrod Taylor might be back this year. And fun fact, Tyrod Taylor is 5-2 and two against the Miami Dolphins in his career. So he picks up another win, in my opinion, this week. Who you got in Houston at Miami? Joe, it's tough, honestly. They're both terrible. And I think I'm going to go against you here. And I'm going to pick your Miami Dolphins for, honestly, no particular reason. Um, the both teams are 1-7, and seven, so you don't know where this game could go. But since we are in Miami, I believe, I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. All right. I hope you're right because I could really use a, just a, at least one more win this season as a Dolphins fan. But then on to the 4 o'clock game. Let's go the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Eagles. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I still think they're a better team than Philadelphia. Uh, I agree. Uh, I believe Herbert should have a bounce back game and the Chargers should be able to take care of business up in Philadelphia. All right, and then on to the Arizona Cardinals against the San Francisco 49ers, a big divisional matchup. I'm going to pick the Cardinals to bounce back after suffering their first loss. I just don't think San Francisco is as good a team as a lot of people thought they were going to be, including myself, going into the season. Who you got in this divisional matchup? If Kyler Murray's ankle isn't much of a problem, I think the Cardinals should be able to take care of business and it shouldn't be a problem at all. I'm going to go with Arizona. Absolutely. And then on to a really good game, in my opinion, the Green Bay Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and maybe the Chiefs, you know, who knows how, how this, the, this, as we're recording, the Monday Night Football is going on. Uh, Monday Night Football game is going on, so we don't know how that's gone. But uh, they face a really good team in the Green Bay Packers. And I'm struggling. I honestly have not picked this game up until now. I still don't know who I'm going to pick. But I'm going to say... I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers. I just I just don't think the Kansas City Chiefs have the capabilities to stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. I think that'll be a big difference maker in this game. So I'm going to pick the Packers to beat the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to also take the Packers. I won't even badmouth the Chiefs too much, but I'm a little offended that the Chiefs are three-point favorites going into this game, even though they are 3-4 and four currently and the Packers are 7-1. and one. Don't know how that works, but I'm going to go with Green Bay. That is kind of bizarre. But then on to the primetime games on Sunday Night Football. We have the Tennessee Titans uh, without Derrick Henry facing against the Los Angeles Rams, who could be debuting Von Miller. I'm going to pick the Rams. I think they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and I think they're legit Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I really feel bad for Ryan Tannehill and the the Tennessee Titans picking up a big win in, in uh, Indianapolis, but then right away having to turn around and play the Los Angeles Rams with newly acquired Vaughn Miller and you lost Derrick Henry, but I'm going to take the, the Rams as well, Joe. All right, we've done a lot of agreeing. Let's see if we agree on this last one. Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, a couple of teams that have not been able to get it going offensively but have pretty good defenses. So this could be an ugly defensive slugfest. I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win at home and win four in a row against Justin Fields and the Bears. Who you got on Monday night? Joe, I'm actually going to take Justin Fields and the Bears. Um, like I've said all year long, Ben Roethlisberger is a liability. I don't think the Steelers are going to put up a lot of points. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. All right, there you have it. We don't agree on our final pick. But I think we can both agree it was a fun week in the NFL and a fun episode, Mike. Thank you again Absolutely. for joining me on this podcast. Any final words to everybody listening? Just 
Um, really, I don't have any final okay. words, Joe. I'm, I'm honestly still in shock that Paul Miller is a Los Angeles Ram. <laughs> like I'm still thinking about it right now. Like it blows my Maybe. mind. But you know, in the NFL, anything is possible from week to week. So uh, I'm excited for next week episode. I, I I can't wait to see what we get to talk about. Yep, and we'll probably have more trades to talk about as the trade deadline is happening in between recording and uploading this episode. So. Listen, there's never a dull moment in the NFL. Uh, we're always going to have something to talk about. We'll bring you next week as we get to the next week. We'll be the halfway point of the NFL season. I think next week we're going to do a little mid-season awards, potentially. I like uh, it. You know, talk about stuff like that uh, as we're, we're reaching the halfway point of the NFL season. But this, this week's episode is through. It was a good time, a good week of NFL football. Absolutely. And for Mike... Uh, all the way down in Texas for JT, all the way uh, on the editing table. Uh, and for myself, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, looking forward to the second half of the NFL season. And until next week, we will catch you guys on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>